Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Let's get them up, get them going. It is Friday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. That is right. It is the end of the week into a busy weekend. Busy recruiting weekend for the Texas Longhorns. Also a busy practice weekend for the Horns. Hit the field, get back on the field for the first time in a couple weeks and get ready for their showdown with Washington in the Sugar Bowl in 17 days. It's 10 days to Christmas, 16 days to New Year's Eve. And as we say, 17 days to the big game in New Orleans. We'll certainly talk all things college football. Huge win for the Longhorn Volleyball program last night. The uh, defending champs will now play for a back-to-back national championship after what we saw in Tampa last night. We'll dive in there. Also, week 14 or week 15 in the National Football League opened last night. One team decided to show up. The other feels like they forgot that there was a game last night. We'll get into the NFL. Big weekend in week 15. Cowboys in Buffalo, Houston in Tennessee. We'll preview the uh, NFL as well as we have a lot to do to get you into your weekend. Uh, and appreciate you being there wherever you find us on our five-hour morning-by-morning conversation here on Hook'em Up uh, on, with Ian Rod B. Got, uh, if I'm here, you're on 1019 on the FM dial. Could be AM 1260. Could be streaming digitally on that Horn app that you download your smartphone wherever you are in the 512 all over the great state, all over the world. Easy to find us with a touch of a button. Also at our website at hornfm.com. And there he is across the uh, the table. He is our shutdown corner out of the 713. And uh, DB High down there in Houston, Texas. He's also a uh, proud long, lifetime Longhorn from the 512 right here in Austin, Texas. Four stops in the National Football League. Now 16 years doing great radio and media all over. Uh, he's the proud papa of Baby Monroe. He is the football theorist, Blackstradamus himself. How are you, Rod Babers? Uh, doing great, and it is Friday, so it is a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make Amen, it. Brother. Ric Flair, woo, football Friday edition. Hook them up with Ian Rod B. Yes, it is. And I appreciate the intro and the hospitality as always. Before we get started, got to show uh, some love to those who serve. Uh, they're up early with us. It's an honor, but also a burden. So we appreciate all those who are uh, doing the God's work, whether it be God, country, or community you serve. We really appreciate you and want to make sure you, uh, we give you a shout-out each and every morning. The soldiers, first responders. Teachers, nurses, uh, everybody out there who uh, get up and actually uh, serve our community, our society, built on the selflessness of service. So shout out to you guys. No question about it. And uh, yeah, ready for a Friday. Uh, ten days out to Christmas now. So we're starting to count down those days. It's National oh. Ugly Sweater Day. So maybe you want to don those ugly sweaters, getting the uh, the festive mood. Ugly the, Christmas sweater? That's what it says here. Okay. I don't know what that means. Right. Ugly oh, Christmas no, no. I've been sweater. to the ugly Christmas sweater parties and stuff. Ugly Christmas sweater holiday parties. Yeah. I've been to those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so it, you, it's a thing. It's also National Regifting Day, Rod. Are you a regifter? Oh, yeah. Regifting is amazing. Yeah, me too. Regifting I'm, is a blessing. Yeah. My, yeah. Yes, it uh, is. I better, I better have frowns upon it. She's not a big no, fan of the regifting idea. That, I'm like, you know what? They gave it to me. I get to do what I want with it. Yeah, so you know, re- I want to use it as a regift. I don't understand why regifting is frowned upon. I don't get it. It's still it a gift. It's still new to to you, the person that receives it. It's a gift and new to them. Yeah, it's a gift to who, you, which who, is now who, yours. Who correct? cares where you got it from? Right. Well, yeah, where I then, got it from. Then, if you know someone in your life who would probably enjoy it maybe more than you will. That's actually thoughtful. Come on, man. That's being considerate. That's right. That's why It lands in a better spot. I'm with you, man. I don't get it. It doesn't mean you didn't appreciate the gift in the first place because you never look a gift horse in the mouth, Rod. No, no. But you appreciate the gift, but then it's like, you know who would really like this? Boom. More than I will. 
Boom. Regift. <laughs> regift. Oh man, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, like, I, I wouldn't be offended if someone gave me something that was a regift. I, I not like, at all. I probably regift a third of my gifts <laughs> annually. Uh, about a third of the gifts that I get are regifted. And back when I played, it was even it was better. I'm sure this is an NCAA violation I'm admitting to, but I'd regift all my bowl gifts. Oh, everybody in the family got bowl bowl swag. Oh, this. <laughs> Uncle got a nice little, you know, uh, holiday bowl, track suit. You know, everybody's sweet. Got, Thanks, yeah, Ron. yeah. Oh, you got a little watch here. There. Oh man, I, oh, that, I regifted all that. Bag, oh I love that. man, I was always. Oh, that's for Uncle. That's for Uncle Chick right there. That's for. Oh man, that was that was regifting all the time. So holiday I'm bowl, sure that was against some NCAA rules. Now maybe the statute limitations. <laughs> Are there any rules anymore? I don't think there uh, any uh, you can regift bowl gifts. Right? Why would there be a rule against now, that? I will but say, NCAA Rod, is stupid. So I will say, Rod, you cannot regift. Gifts from your significant other or your kids. I don't. I don't think you can do that. Uh, like if you're, if, no, something in your family. Those you, are too close. You're, yeah, if they yeah, give you, they, they, yeah, that's that's from them to you. I'm gonna right? say, have I ever regifted something my wife gave me? Mm, no, can't do that. I haven't done it yet. All right, say just yes. so you know, it's ten days to Christmas. Get your Christmas shopping done, whether you're doing it uh, online or in the stores or, or however you're doing it. Organize your regifting. It's that's okay. right. Organize your regifting. It's all right. Hey, let's start the hour in uh, the five-hour conversation with the headlines. <laughs> it's busy Friday morning. Let's get you caught up on the top stories. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories, and we'll start with. Volleyball, that's right. How about another dominant performance last night in Tampa for the defending national champion Texas Longhorn Volleyball team. They're going to look to go back-to-back on Sunday afternoon. Texas had 11 service aces last night, four players notched double-digit kills as they dominated Wisconsin three sets to one in the NCAA national semifinal. Madison Skinner finished with a match-high 18 kills. Asia O'Neal added 11 and four blocks. How about Texas libero Emma Halter? She had a tremendous match with 19 digs. Freshman setter Ella Swindle piled up 46 assists. Longhorns will now face mighty Nebraska Sunday afternoon for the national championship. Looking to go back-to-back for head coach Jared Elliott's squad. Congratulations to them. College football, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian named a finalist for the Paul Bear Bryant National Coach of the Year Award yesterday. And one of his mentors, Nick Saban, and his counterpart in the Sugar Bowl in 6-17 days, Kalen DeBoard of Washington, are also among the eight finalists. Winner will be announced in uh, January. Texas has had two Bear Bryant Award winners in their history. Daryl Royal won the honor in 1963. Mac Brown in 2005. Busy recruiting weekend on tap for Coach Sark and his staff. Bobby Burton of On3 Sports and non-Texas Football reporting that Texas will be hosting a pair of their top transfer portal targets today. Burton posted to X yesterday that he's hearing the wide receiver from Houston, Matthew Golden and Clemson safety Andrew Makuba, both set to visit today and into the weekend. Longhorn set to return to the practice field, prepping for the Sugar Bowl in 17 days tomorrow. In the NFL, one team showed up last night. Week 15 in the NFL open in Las Vegas. The other decided not to. Homestanding Raiders Roared out to a 42 to nothing lead at halftime over the visiting and seemingly disinterested L.A. Chargers. They rolled to a 63-21 win on Thursday night football. The Raiders, you remember, scored zero points in their loss to Minnesota last Sunday. Last night, their rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell threw four touchdown passes in the first half. That's the most by a Raider and a half since Daryl LaMonica in 1969. Full slate of Week 15 action on tap Sunday, including the Texans in Nashville to face the Tennessee Titans at noon. Houston likely to be without their starting quarterback T.J. Stroud, who remains in concussion protocol. Backup Davis Mills will get the start of Stroud. He's unable to go, and the surging Cowboys are in Buffalo to face the Bills. Late afternoon game uh, window game of the week at 325. NBA last night, Minnesota ripped the Mavericks 118-101 despite 39 and 13 from Luka over in the East. Boston thumped Cleveland 116-107. They improved to 12-0 at home. The Timberwolves and Celtics own the best records in the NBA right now at 18 and 5. And a trade in baseball for the. the uh, Tampa Bay Rays have agreed to trade their hard-throwing right-hander Tyler Glass now and outfielder Mark- Manuel Margot to the uh, L.A. Dodgers for pitcher Ryan Pepiot 
and outfielder Johnny DeLuca. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. All right, shout-out to the ladies, uh, the Texas volleyball team, which now, I mean, they're headed back to the national championship match for the third time in four years. Damn, are they good. Third time in four years. Uh, Coach Elliott, I mean, he is uh, – I don't, I don't know. If, I mean, I got to go look and do some research, but I don't know if there's a better volleyball coach out there. Maybe there is. Uh, seventh trip to the title match for him. Well, and, Overall. you know, and to face Nebraska. Remember Nebraska at the beginning of the year had yeah. the, the match in the football stadium that drew mm-hmm. 90,000, 100,000 oh, yeah. people. It's pretty cool. They have a huge following. And uh, they've beaten Texas in the national championship match twice. Yeah. They got, uh, a, little, they got a rivalry Yeah, going. 95 and 15. Yeah. Um, and they've been one of the more dominant teams all year. But, man, this Texas team is coming on uh, right at the right time to, to beat Stanford, to get to the Final Four, avenge an earlier loss to the Cardinal. And now this Wisconsin team, we told you, they've got a 6'9 young lady who blocks everything in the house, a 6'7 um, middle blocker. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. Texas is just too athletic, and they just played over top of them. I mean, it, it, Texas won the first set, and then they lost the second, but it felt like Texas was kind of rotating in, kind of getting ready for – they had figured out Wisconsin a little bit, yeah. And then they came back and uh, won. Checkmate. Oh man, because then they got their 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 aces back and they won twenty five thirteen and twenty five sixteen. Well, didn't even sweat in the next two 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 sets, and uh, they're just they're peaking at the right time and been playing their best volleyball. It's fun to watch. It really is. They're really really exciting. So they've beaten number two and number three. Yeah, now and they, they, they get number, number one. one. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's that's fantastic. So uh, congrats to the ladies. Obviously, the job is not done, but uh, that is a that's a hell of a, a showing. <laughs> uh, showed you that championship DNA. They got plenty of it. Well, and that yeah, as you say, championship DNA and building the culture. It's our because, because this is a different team. I mean, uh, Logan Eggleston mm-hmm. and a lot of the key uh, team, you know players from last year's national championship team have moved on, and um, this team, you know, Madison Skinner and Asia O'Neill. I mean, I mean, it's a it's a it's a heck of a squad. So yep. good luck to them on Sunday afternoon. They'll play for a, nat- a natty rod. A natty, which the Longhorn football team has a chance say, to do. They got a chance to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I believe it's the first time that uh, in the college football playoff era that you've had a Final Four volleyball team and a Final Four football team from the same school. Pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, they'll be playing 2 o'clock on uh, – it's, it's on Big ABC, too. Big ABC. So, uh, you're kind of between the Texans and the Cowboys and Sunday football. Nice. Make sure you remember over on uh, over on Disney there on ABC, 2 o'clock from Tampa, Texas, and Nebraska. What the hell did we witness, witness last night? What was that? Um, 63 to 21. The end of Brandon Staley, which would have, should have happened that, years what? ago. How did the Raiders end up scoring 63, though? I mean, oh, they had 42 that, at halftime. <laughs> that's all that that is perplexing. But yeah, the Chargers did not show up, and it just shows I don't you know. at this point. You get you get. I was told by a coach you get fired for two things: uh, losing games or and or losing the locker room. I, I think Brandon Staley has done both. I think both this. I think we have proof of both. He's yeah, losing he's, games, no doubt, but I think he's well, lost he's that He's in way over too. his head. Remember earlier in the year we had Rex Ryan on on ESPN talking about he needs to go back to Division Three football, and it does feel like he's way in over his head uh, as a head coach. And you know his his resume is very limited. I mean, he was a one you know couple young guy came in and 
was with the Rams and with, when, when they won the Super Bowl and was on this fast track. He was part of that wave of these young – anybody that knew Sean McVay was getting head coaching mm-hmm. jobs. And he just seems – you know, you, you've been around the NFL, Rod. You played it for four – it's a hard – I mean, that's a big job. I mean, you've it's got to have the respect of the locker room. You're working with, with grown men. And you got um, to be able to delegate. you got management skills. I mean, it really t- – you're basically just a CEO. I yeah. mean, you're essentially a CEO. Even if you're just a play caller too, you're a CEO. That means you're a CEO that's hands-on. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll find the stat here at some point, but uh, I, I, has a team ever gone from zero points one week to five days later scoring 63? Because, uh, no. Because the Raiders were part happened. of that 3 nothing game, one of the worst offensive games in history you're of right the about NFL. On, uh, yeah, you're right about that. I remember that. Um, so does this give Antonio Pierce a chance to get the job? Yeah. Well, well Antonio Pierce is now 3-3. Three and three. I mean, it's not like he – I mean, they, they, they scored zero points five days ago. I know. <laughs> zero. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's that time of year, I guess, where teams are kind of playing out the string, and we, we kind of thought going in that was not going to be much of a game. But, look, I mean, we'll see what, what – uh, it does feel like that uh, Mark Davis and the Raiders would like to make a, a, a bigger hire a than, than, than Antonio Pierce, who's done mm-hmm. a nice job. I mean, he's certainly done, doing a better job than Josh McDaniel was because he lost that locker room. And that's why he got fired, right? And now yeah. Brandon Staley uh, has lost the locker room. They they didn't even. I mean, it was that was ridiculous. I mean, that was non-competitive. It re- no, it really was. I said I don't even know what that was or how that happened. <laughs> uh, how the Raiders were able to score that many points? And Brandon Staley is a defensive coach. That's the I think the probably the biggest indictment of what's happening right now with the Chargers that he's a defensive coach and they've collapsed on the defensive side of the ball. And Kellen Moore coming in. Now the narrative has shifted because the Chargers offense has actually gotten worse. Cowboys offense is now probably the second best offense in the league uh, with Mike McCarthy now calling the plays and Kellen Moore moving on. So it seems like now in retrospect that was a wise move. Even though the Cowboys are scoring a lot of points, uh, it may not necessarily have been because of Kellen Moore. Um, not, well, not hurt, not hurt. Justin Herbert's not great, and I think Brandon Staley, being your coach, puts you in a lot of compromising positions. Uh, but that offense has regressed. Yes, even when Justin Herbert was there, it regressed. Well, in the, I mean, it was. It was I mean, the, the in the first quarter, the Raiders had a 68-yard touchdown drive, but then a 42-yard four-play drive, a 31-yard drive because of Charger mistakes offensively. That they muffed a punt. I mean, they just did everything wrong. It was 21 nothing before you could blink. It was 42 nothing at the half. I mean, they scored 21 points in each of the first two quarters. I mean, this is like a high school game. It's like you're on Westlake playing uh, Del Valley or something. I mean, it's ridiculous. Apologies to Del Valley. It just was a mismatch, and uh, one team decided to show up and uh, one team did not, and that's about all we can say about the NFL game start week 15. Let's hope the game's coming on Sunday are a lot more competitive and a lot better than what it's, we saw yesterday. It's the first and only game the Raiders scored three offensive touchdowns in the first 12 minutes of a game since 2000. <laughs> Oh, and remember, Rod, I, I said Sunday, we have uh, Saturday games now in the NFL. Hey, come on, man. It's that time of year with Saturday NFL games with college football, you know, opening up their bowl season. But uh, Vikings play the Bengals at noon on Saturday. Uh, Vikings coming off a 3 to nothing win. But they're still in the mix. Vikings, I, yeah, they're in the mix. They're 7-6. and six. Well, A lot of teams, I mean, hell. Bengals are 7-6. and six. More than half the league is still in the mix. Yeah. You got like 20-some uh, teams yeah, still Yeah, we went it. through that, uh, the 7-6 <laughs> and six and the 6-17. and 17. Steelers play the Colts on Saturday as well. Broncos play the Lions. So you have three Saturday NFL games. Uh, one early, one midday, one late. Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts, Broncos, Lions. And that's a huge – that Broncos-Lions game is a very, very big game uh, for the AFC and for the Lions, who last week lost to the Bears. And it kind of feels like, you know, there's been times where it looked like they were one of the better teams in the NFC, but then there's times with Jared Goff and Dan Campbell that they look like they're 
and you know not ready for prime time. So that's that's a that speaking of prime time, that'll be Saturday night in Detroit in Motown. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson quietly now he's more in game manager mode under Sean Payton, but he has bounced back from that season last year. I mean, it looks like that was. It, it, I don't know if it was the uh, regression, but it, it looks like it may have been more of an outlier. That at least under Sean Payton, he's going to be able to keep bad Russell Wilson away. Like the, the un, Mr. Unlimited, you don't need that guy anymore. <laughs> that guy, I, we didn't recognize that dude. This Russell Wilson has actually been much better, but he is more of a game manager than the game changer. Kind of goes to the Cam Newton conversation. Cam Newton, ooh, yeah, yeah, there you he, go. He was a game changer. I think now he more is a game manager. And nothing wrong with that, by the way. I know a lot of quarterbacks think of that as a quarterback slur, being a game manager. But you have to. It's, it's like a circle of development. Um, I think it's part of like your your kind of track uh, as a quarterback. You have to be a game manager first. And then once you learn how to manage the game, then you can get into uh, becoming a, a game changer. Um, then you can become a franchise quarterback. But ultimately, at the end of quarterbacks' careers, like the circle of life, they come full circle. Most of them end up ma- being game managers at the end of their career, like Russell Wilson is now, like Peyton Manning did, became a game manager at the end of his career. Tom Brady kind of broke the I – mean, he's, he's an exception to every rule. Um, but most of them, because their physical skills deteriorate, they just come back to being a game manager. Nothing wrong with that, too. You can win a lot of games in the NFL. Matter of fact, you can't win games in the NFL unless you manage them. Yeah. Um, but you have to have a game changer to win the game in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line within one score, which is what most of the NFL games come down to. And that's where people question Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy hasn't ever really done that. No. He doesn't. That's because the, the, the 49ers are front runners. That's their recipe. That's their model. Dak this year, that's the question for him when the game's on the line, especially during this stretch, can Dak go win your game? They've been blowing out opponents. Uh, I don't even. I mean, you know, game on the line. They really haven't had to do that this year. They will in those crew, in those big games, but they, well, this is the stretch. We'll see that. Well, and after blowing out the uh, Eagles, by the way, Eagles reportedly having uh, players only meetings. <laughs> oh to, no! To, oh yeah, trying to rally their troops after getting thumped back to back by the Niners Ooh. and the Cowboys. I've been in those. Um, those cow- are not a good sign. Yes, uh, <laughs> Cowboy. By the way, the, the the Chargers. How bad is it? You know, the, you talk about Denver, who plays uh, the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, or excuse me, the Detroit Lions on Saturday, Saturday night. Uh, the Chargers lost to the to Denver twenty four to seven last Sunday, so they've been outscored eighty. Oh, I mean, think about it. They were non-competitive against the Broncos, eighty-seven to seven in the last two in the last five days. Thank mm. you, Chargers. Can Brandon Staley get fired today, please? I mean, I think um, if you're the Spanos family, you have to. It's inevitable. I don't know what they're waiting on. Honestly, I mean, you it's... have to. <laughs> and, and Staley said the right thing last night. I have to go. Oh, it was just a bad game. Twenty-seven to set twenty-four-seven last week mm. to the Denver Broncos. They turn around, and lose sixty-three twenty-one. So that's eighty-seven points they've allowed in the last two weeks. Thank oh, you very much. And it's not like they don't have good players on defense. Oh. And they got a, a coach. They're not. They, 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 like I said, they don't believe in the system anymore. He's kind of lost. He's, I think oh, he's lost man. the locker room, and you need to move on. This, now, who are they going to hire? That's a, that, now, that is the real question because that is a good job. I know. Well, that's the thing, That's right? a good job. Well, we he's got a quarterback already, and the defense is already pretty much built. He just can't coach it. That's the, that's the closest to a finished product, and there, there will be for an available coach, right? Now, uh, you got to deal with Kansas City. Yeah, and that's you deal the, with that's that the bad. That's the downside. But for sure, we said going into that game last night that that's both both uh, organizations are going to be in need of new coaches and Belichick and mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh and those kind of names. I mean, they, Chargers are a good job. They've they've it's been undercoached, but there is talent there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's typically the Spanos family kind of seen as a cheapskate ownership group and those kind of things. You know, moving from San Diego, ripping that team up to Los Angeles where they have no. You know, fan base, uh, but we'll see. I mean, that's going to be uh, the, the soap opera of the off season. Will Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan? Yeah. 
will Bill Belichick, how do they, you know, agree to that divorce in New England and where does he want to land and would the Chargers be interested? This says, uh, guys, leave Del Valley alone. Use Aikens next time. Oh, dang. I Sorry. <laughs> leave Del- you insult somebody. You got to make up a school. That's what you got to do. You got to make up a school next time so you don't insult anybody. Uh, but I'm with you about the Chargers. I, I think they need to go with an offensive coach, though. You need, you've already missed a lot of the, the value of the rookie, the rookie contract with Justin Herbert. Well, they've already re- re-upped him. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying you, won, you won some games, and he, I mean, he has some great records uh, early on uh, for a quarterback. I mean, he's up there with some of the best. Dan Marino. Yeah, in terms of the start of his career. I believe his touchdowns, uh, in terms of the touchdowns he's thrown early in his Yards, career. Yeah. So I'm not saying he didn't accomplish it. Thing, but yeah, you you missed a lot of the the value you're supposed to get from having a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal. Now you need to go get an offensive coach that can really get the most and maximize Justin Herbert and basically become a quarterback centric franchise. And you had a defensive guy before. I mean, usually teams try to go you know the other the other way um, when they hire a new coach. I think that's the way to go because the Chargers prior to, to to that to this game they had gone three straight games without scoring more than ten points. For the first time since 1997. Yeah, those are both. Uh, uh, and look, you can debate which job's better. If you're a coach looking for a gig or wanting to, you know, that may be looking to move Chargers, Raiders, I would take Chargers. Um, but, you know, neither of them are, because, again, the organizations. I mean, the, you know, Mark Davis has been a mess, um, you know, and I think the same thing with the Chargers. Uh, they have a history of uh, being cheap. What about, uh, is Chicago a better job than the, the L.A. Chargers job? Because that. Some well, because of draft capital, probably. But again, I mean, organizationally, they've been a mess. And yeah. so, you're if you're a coach, if you're Jim Harbaugh, and you're in Michigan, and you got this thing rolling, you know, you got NCAA issues you got to deal with. But there are reports are Michigan's offering him eleven million dollars a year. It's his alma mater. He's got that thing rolling on the recruiting, and you know, just a lot of talent. Um, but you know, you see, so you you can be choosy of where you want to go. You don't want to just go anywhere. And you got to you got to look at uh, the ownership. Uh, how much control you'll get, what the draft capital is. But, yeah, Chicago, because the division's outside of Detroit, there's nothing else really in the division. Not right now. Um, I, I would think Chicago, if they do have you know two top five picks and the ability to get a Caleb Williams or go get the quarterback that you want, um, that would be an, an appealing job that's going to be available in the NFL this offseason. Um, but, you know, the, when you, if, you're, if you're going to the Chargers or the Raiders, you're dealing with the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and – you know, yeah, that's, that's a hard division to, to try to win because the Chiefs have owned that division. Even before Patrick right. Mahomes, they owned that damn division. And we'll see what Alex else. Smith's division for Ooh. a while. <laughs> well, you know, the division you want to coach in is the NFC South, which is totally Oh, dreadful. that's <laughs> where you want to go, yeah. man. You get, you get, that is the worst. It's been the worst, the worst division the NFL has seen in a long time. Yeah, you get three, six, and seven teams, it's and you've got bad. a one and 12. Hey, I'll say this, though, NFC South. And we'll, maybe we'll get into some rides around today. Baker Mayfield is playing a lot better than people think. I'll he give Baker is, some he credit. might be the comeback player of the year. Baker's playing a lot better. We'll talk about that, actually, later on. Right. So we'll get into well. some NFL. We'll get yeah. into the Longhorns. Longhorns apparently going to have a couple of uh, top transfer portal targets on campus today and into the weekend. The Longhorns begin bowl prep and bowl practice. Uh, we'll get into uh, where, where that stands behind the burn orange curtain. Longhorns, uh, uh, you know, it's trying to – handle a lot of business it's right now lot, also the list of teams interested in malik murphy now that he's into the portal pretty lengthy we'll get you the head the headline there uh, who is after malik murphy who uh, made that decision earlier this mm-hmm. week to jump into the transfer portal he will not be with texas as they begin bowl preparation for the sugar bowl in the 17 one of those teams is really interesting yeah we'll get into that coming up <laughs> uh, but well you kind of knew there'd be some interest mm-hmm. in a you know big big uh, good looking quarterback like malik murphy uh in this portal madness uh 
era. Uh, we'll dive in there as well. So we'll come back. We'll pick it up, go behind the BOC. We've got uh, what the facts for the end of the hour. Uh, it's going to be a rainy Friday, we will tell you that. Uh, it's going to be messy uh, this morning and certainly throughout the afternoon, uh, so be advised of that. We'll talk Cowboys. We'll talk Texans. We're just getting warmed up on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, Friday on The Horn, it's uh, wrapping up a busy week. We've got a lot to do, a lot to get into your weekend. NFL Saturday and Sunday, NFL last night, I guess we could call it that. Also, congratulations to the Texas volleyball team. The defending national champs are doing just that. They'll defend their national championship on Saturday, Sunday afternoon when they play Nebraska. And, you know, we're talking about transfer portals, Rod, and uh, Malik Murphy into it now for Texas. Longhorn's Mm -hmm. going to, you know, host a couple of their top targets in the portal. Madison Skinner, uh, best player for Texas. She's a transfer portal player. (laughs) She was in Kentucky to start her volleyball career out of Katy, Texas, and she's unbelievable. Uh, How about her? She had six aces last night. I mean, she she does this serve that kind of like floats, and then it's like a knuckleball, and I mean they can't handle it, Rod. It's like it's like the gyro ball. It's crazy. Got that secret sauce on that thing. Yeah, like sinks. Mm -hmm. They think they got it, and all of a sudden, oh, they don't even touch it. Yeah. Oh man. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's it's, it's, it's the English on it. <laughs> yeah. No, I easily I, I think I can say this, and I hope I'm not disrespecting other sports. Um, I think volleyball is probably my favorite female sport to watch. Oh, without a doubt, it's so much is fun. It, they, what it, the, the athletes are so explosive. Oh my gosh! And it's, like it's a really if you if you go to a game I, live, I'm gonna test my vertical when my prime against these ladies. I probably would be. I probably no. would feel bad about it. You would. I mean, <laughs> they're unbelievable <laughs> over the net. It really is, man. It, it, it's like this. The, the transition from from uh, explo- explosivity to power. Um, it's um, it's amazing. It, it really, really is. is. And watching in person is is better. If you can get to the Gregory Gym when um, obviously during oh, the season. You're sitting if you're sitting close and you can see them explode up over oh, the net. Oh, dude, it's crazy. Well, with you, you, that between that and then um, and they're not small. Well, no, no. These, no. Are, I mean, these, are, these are big legs. So it, <laughs> six, I mean, five, six, six. It's, 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 that's what makes it kind of remarkable. Like it, uh, it, but I'm to a, watch I, it in person. It's crazy. Well, I'm equally amazed at like Emma Halter and uh, the, the the ones that go down and get these digs when the when the ball's coming like a thousand uh, yeah, miles yeah. an hour. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, geez, that was unbelievable. Yeah, the hand-eye coordination that alive. Well. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, it is high-level stuff for sure. And the Longhorns yeah. will play Nebraska. Nebraska only has one loss this year. The 33 and one. Their one loss came to Wisconsin who Texas just beat last night. The okay. only team to beat them this year. So it'll be a high-level match. I mean, they're you know a dominant program themselves. Uh, Nebraska, as we said, they've, they've beaten Texas twice in national championship matches, 15 and uh, back in the 90s. But uh, Nebraska has four national championships, 11 finals. And we said earlier that uh, they had that big – you know, game at their football stadium that they set a record yeah. for attendance. I mean, they obviously have, they a, have huge a great fan culture, base. great volleyball culture. Uh, these are the two so premier they will volleyball travel. programs in the country, and yeah. they'll be squaring off for a national championship. That is seventh time that Coach Elliott has been to the uh, title game, um, and the uh, third time in four years for yeah. the Longhorns. Yeah, yeah, the ladies. Uh, they, that's a dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Trying to they, win another one back to back. Was there a world that have they won back to backs? Uh, no. I don't think no. I don't think they're no. coming back to back. No. No. So, but, but you know, it's getting getting good when uh, volleyball trash talk is happening between JJ Watt and Colt McCoy on on. Uh, they're they're you know they're they're smacking at each other. I like that because you had Wisconsin and there Texas last night. So you had JJ Watt. Are we gonna put our money where our mouth is? We gonna put a bet on this thing? <laughs> 
Yeah, they put a, well, they put no. some. Well, put the, well just Cole already won it because they beat Wisconsin. No, nah. that's what I'm saying. Did they, did they put a bet on this? Oh, thing? I don't know. Was there a bet? I mean, usually you talk trash. Somebody talks trash. You escalate it, and somebody says, "You know what? How about this? Boom! If they do lose, I'll do this because I'm so damn confident we're gonna win." Was there a bet? At least trash talk. I mean, come on now. I need, at least a bet for charity. Come on, guys. <laughs> come on now. No, it's over now. But well, because Colt uh, uh, sent JJ Watt a text that said, uh, "Hook him." He did the emoji, hook him, right? And said, "Does Wisconsin have an emoji of their own?" And uh, I don't think they JJ do. Watt said, "Trash talk is really heating up, leading into the women's final four tonight." So yeah, JJ and Colt. So good luck to uh, the Texas women. They handled their business last night. They'll go again. Uh, uh, tonight, and we mentioned before we go behind the burn orange curtain rod, the uh, the list of teams. So Pete Thamel was the first to have the report of uh, Malik Murphy into the portal, and Pete Thamel, who's the lead college football writer for ESPN, mm-hmm. he also talked to Malik, and that's where Malik, you know, said he hates it. He didn't. It was really just the the hand was forced by the the calendar. Uh, he'd love to be with his team into the, into bowl practice and into the national championship, but he's got to go do what's best for himself. Yes, and he does. According to Pete Thamel, he went on College Football Live yesterday afternoon and said the preliminary list is, is early, but a couple of schools that have indicated interest are both USC's, mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans, and USC both South Carolina. Both of them. On the East Coast, of course. And then Baylor, Georgia, Oregon State, Syracuse, and Duke have immediately jumped into the sweepstakes for uh, – for one, Malik Murphy, but USC is interesting. That the one you were talking about that is of, of intrigue with Lincoln Riley? Uh, no, I saw a report uh, from. Let um, me see. I make sure I get it right. Make sure I show them some love here. But it was, uh, I believe, from uh, two four seven Sports, and uh, they mentioned um, Duke, Baylor, Oregon State, Georgia, and Washington. Ooh. Duke, Baylor, Oregon State, Georgia, and Washington. It was uh, Tom Loy. Of two four seven, so the Washington one is what I thought was really interesting. Well, that's think that, about I mean, that now. Now there, first of all, think about this, guys. Let's get real deep on it. We're talking about athletic espionage on a deep level, which Michigan and Jim Harbaugh know all about, right? Uh, they're they're well acquainted with it. Let's say you do like Malik Murphy. Great, you do like him. And you get him in now. Think about the added value of that if you're Washington. You can get Malik Murphy in right now. Would Malik do that? Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, I said, you're coach. You're like, hey, man, you with us or are you? What, what, you want you one of us or you one of them? You one of us. We want you. You got to You come here if you're going to be st- uh, competing for a starting spot, all right, next year. You come here, you one of us or you one of them? And how about this? This is not unprecedented. As a matter of fact, the GOAT is doing it right now. Sources say, Bruce Feldman with this report, sources say former Michigan linebacker coach George Hello, all right, he has, he has been hired by Alabama to coach the Crimson uh, to be on the Crimson Tide staff. Uh, he spent 2021 and 2022 on the Michigan staff. Hey, now. <laughs> I just need a little sum-sum, man. We got some questions that we got for you. This kind of stuff does happen. Bill Belichick actually was famous for it back then. He'd bring in some random player, <laughs> and he'd be like, hey, you play, the, you play that team in two weeks. You bring in this random player a couple of weeks before. And you're saying uh, the athletic espionage is a thing. Um, if I'm watching, and you actually do want Malik. Let's say you already want him, you scout him, you already like the guy. You want him. But now, the timing of it. Yeah. Yeah. Can be key. You get them in now. And you get some of those company secrets. Can you imagine if uh, Malik, who said he'd love to be prepping with his own team, could hey. be prepping for bowl practice with Washington? I just said, <laughs> right? That, ooh, that's, it's, it's petty, but also 
makes a lot of sense. Well, and they if need they a quarterback, right? Him. Michael Penix off to the college, off to the NFL after this year. It's Doesn't he kind of fit that system? Just big arm, big vertical arm, shots like downfield. Down the He's <laughs> from the West Coast, and of course that's the Great Northwest. Mm-hmm. And Kalen DeBoard's a kind of a rising star in coaching, right? Throwing it out there, man. Uh, yeah, I, I hope this guy is wrong, but I could see it. That's why it makes it makes a lot of sense. Actually, it makes perfect sense. Right? Wouldn't you? If you came to one, you already want them. You like them. Oh, I understand why Washington. Now you, Look, I, I, and then now just say, hey, man, we, we need you now. We need you right now. Yeah. We need you to start I, helping I, us win games. <laughs> but I started with this Sugar Bowl I, against Texas. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but I, I wonder with Malik and how close he is with this team if he would actually do that. Uh, that that would be like a personal thing. They say like, I, no, I'm not doing that to my guys. I, right, I, I may go, but I'll I'll enroll in January. I'm not going to go. You know, hey, that that would be a tough call for a player who's, who's seemingly this close with this locker room and these players and how hey, hard man. the decision was. Hey man, uh, all is fair in love and war. You know what I'm, I'm just saying for a young guy. I, you, I know, I know he's close with the team, but he's about to go get close with another team. Yeah. I'll be like, I, man, I, I, let's start this bonding project. You worried about your ex, or you worried about the one you with now? All right, in, I, in real time for a young guy making that decision, uh, I know we can say that from out here looking at it, but uh, he's got to make that call and, and just, talk to his guy. I'm just talking about the possibility. Oh, of sure, it. it's, it's, it's juicy as it can get. Yeah, which if would I'm, be an ultimate, you know, portal piece of madness. Um, but in the so, port, in in the portal, getting crazy and oh, crazier by the day. Oh, I, portal madness. No, Portal combat, as you call it. it it's happening more and more by the day. Well, the stories like, are getting crazier and crazier, especially about quarterback. But all I'm saying is, I'm not trying to go Dr. Phil here, but I understand Kalen DeBoer would want it. The Washington staff would love it. Would Malik do it? Uh, it Malik's got to make the best decision for Malik. Yeah, um, which is going to a school where he got a place to start, well, a Power 5 program that's got a chance to play for a national title this year. That would be best for Malik. Well, or USC, play for Lincoln Riley. Uh, with Caleb Williams off to the National No, that would be good, but I'm just, I don't know. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> All right, let's go behind the barn. I, I think y'all are just uncomfortable with it, <laughs> I'm, with the thought of it, because it's. I'm uh, not at all. I'm talking about him. I mean, he just had a statement about like how I said, you're uncomfortable with, with, with his, his decision, but his decision is, hey, man, I've got to go to a school that now wants me to be their starting quarterback. I, and, I, w- I would not. If that happened, I wouldn't criticize Malik at all. I just don't think he would do that to his current team. That he just That's not leaving. his current team anymore. He's in the portal. I get it, Rod. I get it, Rod. <laughs> I think you, you, I get it, Rod. you're talking about loyalty, and loyalty is something that, that only exists on a sentimental level anymore. We don't talk about I that as it. much because the portal has eliminated the loyalty thing. There's not a lot of loyalty on either level. Now, I agree. The Texas culture is awesome, but you're basically talking about loyalty here, and I don't know if loyalty it should be a part of that decision for him. Uh, understood, but I do think he has a lot of close friends in that Texas locker room that would impact that decision for a, him personally. Uh, loyalty, it's one thing to do to your program. It's for, for guys you've been going to battle with for the last two years and longer. I think that would be some, some thought to that in my mind. Just my opinion. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about Washington a little bit. I had a couple of updates on Washington. It came out yesterday um, that the wide receiver, Rome Odunze, who is – a consensus All-American, actually. Uh, he, Tavondre Sweat's a consensus All-American. Um, he ends up being a consensus All-American. He's going to be a first-round draft pick, all the uh, reports say. This uh, report actually probably has him skyrocketing up some other draft boards and has his value uh, increasing uh, with NFL teams. Uh, it was confirmed that he broke a rib and punctured a lung, um, recovering an onside kick against Arizona. 
um, earlier in the season, and he was in the hospital until like 5 a.m. that night. Uh, and his, the UW trainers and mom, they kind of kept everything under wraps. And it's crazy. He he still ended up having a hell of a game. Uh, the, I think uh, that next game, he still was awesome. But it, it, that came out earlier uh, this week um, that he was dealing with an, an injury and had to deal with that early on in the season. Has still not necessarily hurt his season. Uh, he couldn't even travel uh, with the team. He had to take a 23-hour car trip. Uh, back to Seattle uh, after that happened uh, September 30th because uh, he wasn't allowed to fly. You remember this with I Deshaun do. Watson? I do. Deshaun Watson had that happen. I forgot what game Jacksonville. it was. Jacksonville. Yeah, and he had to take the bus. Yeah, yeah they, well, they had to bring him back. Uh, uh, take, take the bus yeah. back because he couldn't fly. Because I think the, it's the puncture long. It's the puncture yeah, long, something about it. You can't yeah. do the altitude change. With yeah, that. Uh, but he's a, he's, a, he's a tough mofo, man. He's a tough vessel. That I did not know. I don't think anybody knew about it. They kept it under wraps. He's doing, I mean, he's fine now, but I just want to throw it out there about how tough this guy is and about their receiving core. And uh, one other thing I, I uh, found out, they're actually losing one of their linebackers coaches, uh, their edge coach, sorry, their edge coach and special teams coordinator, Eric Schmidt. Um, he's set to become the defensive coordinator at San Diego State. Uh, that was reported also earlier this week. It's not reported whether he's going to be with the team or not. Uh, he is the edge coach, and he's actually done a pretty good job. Braylon Trice is also, speaking of first-round picks, uh, he's going to end up being a first-round pick too, the defensive end for Washington, uh, who also is uh, an All-American. So I think he's a third-team uh, AP All-American, but he'll end up being a first-round pick too. Guy's legit. As a matter of fact, last season – Remember I said they got to block Braylon Trice to make sure that they that offense can can operate uh, seamlessly and they can be efficient and without worrying about pressure because they they're not great at applying pressure, not great at pressuring the opposing quarterback, getting sacks like 111th in the country in sacks. But they got one player, Braylon Trice, who is this a dude? I mean, he's one of the best edge rushers in the country. Uh, last year he had two sacks against Texas, two sacks, two tackles for loss. That he led the team in tackles last year. I didn't realize that it was kind of it was quietly uh, kind of a quiet performance, but he showed up last year for Texas, and they didn't block him really well. Uh, we'll see if it's better this year, but this year uh, he's actually on a tear. I think he's averaging close to ten pressures per game in the last five games. Uh, so throwing that out there too, but he's going to be losing his coach, and um, they have not specified whether he's going to be with the team during the bowl season or sorry during the bowl game or not they haven't really specified that but a couple of updates on the uh, the Washington Huskies and that staff oh one other, one other thing we'll get into this later on in uh, behind the Burnham's curtain because we don't have a, a ton of time here we'll dive into it later uh, third downs I went to examining why Texas uh, lost that game last season and it was third and fourth down. They, they allowed the uh, Huskies to convert thir 13 of 23, even though they held them to one of 10 on passes, 20 yards or more down the field, held Michael Penix to his lowest yards per attempt uh, in the last two years in that bowl game. The game plan was a sound game plan by Texas. They just lost because of rushing yards because they allowed 158 over five and a half rushing yards per game, and Texas did not balance that out because Texas was you know subpar uh, in the running game and it was because of third down conversion so I figured out exactly why Texas um, was so vulnerable to uh, third down and third down and fourth down conversions money down conversions versus Washington we'll talk about that in the next uh, behind the burnt orange curtain and it's actually something that has been an issue for Texas all season long and I'm hoping Washington is not going to uh, try to exploit Texas uh, with this concept. Right, we'll get to that yeah. coming up uh, about 830 also Rod has a rant next hour uh, we'll get uh 
the very latest coming up, Rod, keeping you posted with this game 17 days out now. Uh, two weeks from Monday will be the national championship game as we climb on towards Christmas, climb on towards the new year. We'll come back. We'll hit some what the facts as we get you rolling on a, uh, a busy Friday. Be careful out there. Don Miller's got your traffics. We roll on uh, this Friday morning on Hook Up with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Thoughts on uh, the specs, the text line, the message line. We appreciate your contributions at 512-447-3776. Always good to hear from you on a Friday or any day. Yes, sir. Uh, this says Rod, I don't think Malik would do it. I agree with E. This says Rod B. There still exists honor and integrity among some of these young men. I know, I gotta say. Yeah, it just, joined you, it's okay. It's it easy to protect. It, it makes y'all uncomfortable. It's okay, but y'all are thinking about loyalty and all of those really great things, and I agree. I'm just presenting a scenario where, and I agree, more and more loyalty is not a factor in decision making. It's just not. It's something that we would like to uh, you know, promote, and we'd like to champion loyalty, but loyalty really doesn't exist in the transfer portal world. It just doesn't. So I'm, I'm just, I, I hope that it doesn't happen either. I'm just, I'm, I'm reporting, guys. I'm doing my job. <laughs> don't get, don't get upset, and don't be uncomfortable with it. It's okay. I'm just, this is, this is the job. I got to present the report, and the report is that Washington, which by the way makes sense, is one of the schools that will be interested in Malik. And if they're interested, why not do it earlier? And all you got to do is convince Malik, hey man. Come on. And by the way, it, it, even if you, Malik doesn't necessarily share information, he can still go earlier to the school if, it, if Washington's the spot. He doesn't necessarily need to share information. Um, oh. But I'm just saying, you know, the coaches probably would ask him. Well, as we heard from Pete Samuel yesterday, to. he's going to be, have a long list of teams, and he's going to do his vetting, and we'll see where, where Malik lands. He's going to be in that portal. He is in that portal as the Longhorns are going to welcome, uh, according to our friend Bobby Burton uh, at On Texas Football, the Longhorns will host Andrew Makuba uh, and Matthew Golden. Uh, two of their top targets today. Uh, Trey Moore, the uh, pass rusher from UTSA, was uh, in last weekend. Those are probably the three top targets right now, Rod, for Texas in the current portal. Oh, yeah. uh, pass rusher from UTSA. Now, uh, Bobby also reported that Trey Moore is not going to visit Ohio State as previously planned, uh, that he did visit Texas last weekend. He was going to go see That's Ole, a good Ole sign. Miss. That is a good sign, right? That's a great sign, actually, because Ohio State's known for having the best defensive end coach in the country. Yes. Uh, Texas has the best interior D-line coach in the country, Bo Davis. Uh, that's why they have so many great pat, uh, edge rushers coming out of Ohio State. If he's choosing to pass on that one, that's ooh, that's that's big time. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a uh, great sign for Texas. It is. It is. And uh, we'll see. And so Matthew Golden, who you've done the scouting report on from Houston, would be a – you know, he would immediately be a fit at uh, – kind of that Keelan Robinson special teams role, right? Yes. Returning kicks. And, no uh, question. Uh, but then within, you know, is he, is he X-Man? I mean, X-Man has had a great run at Texas. But that kind of, that kind of player from, from uh, U of H, and then we've talked about Andrew Makuba, uh, mm-hmm. what a really nice fit he would be uh, with the really rebuilt secondary that the Longhorns are going to have, Rod, with, you know, the three transfer portal players from Texas out of that secondary in the, in the portal already. And then, yeah. you know, Jaron Thompson, Keaton Crawford, Ryan Watts, uh, Jade Barron, all those guys are moving on. So you talk about that's four, and then you add, you know, three in the port. That's seven. So your your yeah. defensive backfield is going to be completely rebuilt next year with young players. I mean, you have Manny Muhammad, you have Terrence, Terrence Brooks, Brooks. Yeah. you've got uh, you know Derek Williams mm-hmm. and Michael Taft. 
but you know Andrew Makuba would be a, a, a stabilizing veteran presence if they could add him from from Austin LBJ. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Stabilizing force for you because he can manufacture depth, play safety, play nickel, wherever you really need him to play. Uh, kind of close to that central nervous system. He be one of those guys, and he's I mean the guy's a consistent three year starter at Clemson, so. <laughs> high level high level uh player and yeah exactly right really productive player so i want to say he's man i'm gonna say he's a, he's a guy you, you gotta have you must have uh but he would be i think a great bridge like you said stabilizing force for you until you can get some of those younger guys right so you can get some of those younger guys up to speed and get them playing at a at a higher level because you know, they're young guys. They'll have growing pains. Once you get past that, like Derek Williams is now at the end of the season, Derek Williams is playing at a really high level. You won't have him for the first half of the Sugar Bowl. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, it takes those guys. I mean, even the younger uh, guys like Malik Muhammad is playing uh, much better now, more consistent. It just takes him a while to get past the growing pains and get to uh, get accustomed and acclimated to those real-time game reps. Rod, what do you have and what the facts? Uh, what the facts? All right, you asked for it, so I found the stat for you. NFL research confirmed Raiders 42 first-half points are the most first-half points scored by a team coming off a shutout. It breaks the previous record of 34 points by the 1927 Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, who were coming off a 0-0 tie versus the Dayton Triangles. What the hell? I've, I had to research on who the hell the Dayton Triangles are. I think I've heard of the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, but, yeah. Well, and there that's why. That's uh, how far back it goes, he. Would you have been? Would, would it have been wrong to fire Brandon Staley at halftime? Would that have <laughs> been wrong? Uh, honestly, <laughs> You're the owner of the team, and you you just want you you know coming in that the Raiders last Sunday five mm. days ago scored zero points, like yeah. zero points, zero lost to the Minnesota Vikings three to nothing. So they by no means have a high powered offense with Aiden O'Connell, a rookie out of Purdue, as their starting quarterback these days. And after you watch your team surrender forty two. 21 in each quarter. That's wild. Would it be wrong to walk down to the locker room and say, hey, Brandon, just just get on out of here? <laughs> just, uh, just get on up out of here? No, because he's a defensive coach, and that's the, that's on the defense, right? You, I mean, they weren't even competitive defensively. And against the Raiders, it's not like this was the high-octane, high-powered offense. No, it, it's the Raiders' offense. That offense has been struggling all season long. Backup quarterbacks uh, in the game, but still, I, I I don't get what's going on with the Chargers. I don't know why he's still there. Yeah, it seems like this should have yeah. been – This should have been done. I don't know what we're waiting on. Right. <laughs> and then after the game, the, some of the veterans, Khalil Mack and Derwin James, said we still believe in the coach. Like, no, you don't. You guys aren't playing for this coach right now. Are you kidding me? We just watched this that's game. That's he got him paid. <laughs> that's because he was – remember, they, they, spend the se- they spent the second most money on defense in the last two years, guys. Second most in the league. They spent a ton of money to let them find that defense. For their defensive head coach. For their defensive head coach. So that's why they love him. He's like, I'll get you guys paid. They're like, yeah, we love this guy. And it's like, you well. You've got Bosa. you got Derwin James. You've got uh, Khalil Mack. Oh, man. It shouldn't be that terrible. And that's he's way in over his head. Uh, all right. Uh, all that's right. What the facts, Rod? For the first time, Netflix, Netflix and Chill has released an <laughs> engagement reports. Like how much streaming they're getting. And Ooh, I like uh, that. top sports programs by hours watched. The number one is F1's Drive to Survive. Hey. That's not surprising. Number two was Full Swing, the PGA, the golf behind oh, yeah. the scenes. We missed that one. I missed that one. I saw a couple of them. They're good. Okay. Uh, McGregor Forever, a uh, behind the scenes of Conor McGregor, was third. Uh, there was one called Breakpoint. One called Hustle. What, what's, what, break, what sport is that? Breakpoint. That, that was okay. like a, like, like, Red Bull, like crazy, like jumping off. Uh, oh, X, X Games okay, kind okay, of stuff. Okay. Uh, Hustle, 
Then or surfing. Team. Or surfing. I oh, could be wrong. Oh, surfing. Uh, surfing. It makes sense. There's one on here, uh, Bill Russell, the legend of Bill Russell, and then last chance you. So those are so, your top So 10. quarterback didn't make it. Quarterback didn't make it. Wow. No, no F1 drive to survive. We talk about the growth of F1. That, that had on the Netflix uh, engagement report that came out this week, F1 drive to survive had, num- had spots one, seven, and eight in wow. the top ten. I'm so surprised people, quarterback didn't make it. Huh. Patrick Mahomes. Julia Roberts loved it. Julia, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know what to do with her Patrick Mahomes uh, respect. She's big. She has so much respect. admiration for Patrick Mahomes. She doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I know what you can do with it, Julia. Now this says Chargers could have made a statement to the players and fans by firing Staley at halftime. That's true. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean to the guy. It's like you got to do something. That's embarrassing. That's a, it, that's no excuse. You're for the owner of that organization. You're watching that. It, it's like, come on, y'all. Yeah. That's embarrassing. They, how are you going to love the coach after you, and you quit on the coach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, we'll be back. Uh, hour two of our five-hour Friday conversation. It's a football Friday coming next.